Hey there, I'm Meg Dewalaby. And I am Amy Tianyi Zhao. Welcome to The Spark, a podcast that is a continuation of a conversation sparked between us one summer evening in China. We would love for you to join in on the conversation and listen along as we talk about everyday topics, big and small, as two women from two backgrounds, cultures, and countries. Everything starts with a spark. We all have the power to kindle a spark that makes us realize we are more alike than we are different. Hey everyone, welcome to 2020. The last time that we talked with you, it was a whole different year back in 2019. So Amy and I were back. This is the first episode of 2020 and we're so thrilled to be here with you. Amy, do you want to tell us where you are right now? Yeah, sure. Oh my God, my voice, quite amazing. So I've been sick, just by the way. Um, I've been sick for a while. I've been sick for the first day of the new year, and then I got better and I got worse, as you can tell. I'm currently in Beijing right now. Um, I'm doing a quick visa run, and I'm in between my contract. So it's been good except the part that I just sound terrible. So I hope you're, you can understand the situation. <laughs> it's hard out there. You sound great, Amy. <laughs> We've all been there before. Well, that's alive. Thank you. <laughs> no. But it's kind of cool because this is our first episode where we've Usually we're always talking long distance anyways. You're usually in New York and I'm over here in Utah. Um, but this is the first episode that we have recorded where both of us are in different countries, which I think is kind of a cool thing to note. Um, I'm back in Utah now after traveling a ton over the holidays. And now um, we just we decided to hop on here and get as we're settled into the new year it feels I think about we're two weeks in and one thing that um Amy and I did to kick off the first two weeks of the year was something called attention challenge and so if you haven't heard our last episode scared but brave we talk about fear and um, where it shows up in our lives especially when it comes to moving across cultures and so to honor that episode and to kind of take it to a more interactive level, Amy and I decided that on January 1st, we were going to start something called Attention Challenge. So um, I explained this on our Instagram account, but for those of you that don't know, Attention Challenge is basically something that I was introduced to in college. Um, so one of my professors, he um, challenged my class and I, anyone who wanted to participate could participate. It wasn't mandatory, but he challenged um, my class and I to um, basically stand up to any fears and pursue bravery in the face of fear. And mm -hmm. so when I told Amy about this, I, I thought, you know, this is like the perfect thing that we could possibly do to honor our last episode, but to also honor the new year. So mm -hmm. Amy and I, for the past two weeks, just yesterday, we finished up our own tension challenge. And um, 
so for me, um, it was really fun to do it again. This is my second time doing a tension challenge. And the hardest part this time for me, I think, was really pursuing bravery because every day it was something where like I had to go out and find something to be brave about more so than kind of let it come to me because I work from home and because, um, I don't know, I, I, I am not out in the world every single day because I don't have to be. And so I think that was the hardest part for me. Um, but it really brought me to an awareness of the things that I would normally react to with fear as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I really got to work on during this tension challenge was not freaking out um, in kind of sketchy road conditions. That was just something that kept happening over and over again for me during the tension challenge. Um, but one of my ultimate moments of bravery in the last two weeks during our, ten- our tension challenge, um, I would have to say is pursuing a conversation that I knew was going to be hard. And, um, and that was something that was really, really intense. And I, I knew it was something I wanted to do during this tension challenge. I, I put it in my mind that I was not going to let the past two weeks pass without me having this conversation with this person in my life and without going into too much detail, it's a conversation that's been, um, needing to happen for a long time. Um, and the outcome wasn't what I had, I had expected it or hoped for it to be. Mm -hmm. But what I did notice during all of this, um, was that because I sought it out and because I had that conversation and didn't shy away from it, and addressed what I needed to address, I got to just walk away from it and leave it. And I felt Mm -hmm. so relieved and I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and it was a weight that I didn't even realize was there. Um, so I would have to say like that, I think is my biggest takeaway and accomplishment from the tension challenge. Um, but yeah, so I want to pass it over to you, Amy now and Maybe you can share how it went for you and and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm very bad at coming out and talking in front of camera because not my personality is half of it, but most importantly, I live in New York and Beijing, which means that I live in two boxes and I live with people intimately and constantly all the time um so my living situation and my working situation sometimes don't allow me to do this kind of challenge because i can't just pull off a camera in front of people be like hey hey, now i'm going to record and act like a youtuber now i just always (laughs) think it's cringeworthy but i did it um using all kind of breaks and times when there's no people around not that I'm scared of it I just think I want to be considerate of public spaces um so so yeah intimate space is definitely one of the biggest challenges and still one of my biggest fears when I do something like that 
But I faced my ultimate moment of bravery when I was at the airport, actually. So when I was doing this um, tension challenge, I need to travel from New York to back to Beijing. And I spent like a lot of time, almost two days in the airport. Um, the whole entire flight was around like 24 hours because I was doing connecting flight. And, you know, when normal people is on the plane, they don't usually wear makeup. Sometimes they do, but not for me personally for a long flight. But I am a person who is obsessed with makeup and I like to dress well, especially when I need to be on the camera. Um, but I also don't want to cut off the challenge just because I don't feel comfortable or facing everyone. So I did a tension challenge, I believe it was day five or six or six or seven. Also, just a side note, the number is really confusing given the time difference, but it was around <laughs> there. Um, I did a tension challenge without my makeup and with my glasses. And um, like I said in the video, for a lot of people who don't know, I'm blind, kind of. I'm negative 9.5 and medically I think I'm blind when I don't have my glasses on um and for the longest time I had my you know frame glasses because I was scared of putting on contacts for like around you know 22 23 years not that long but um I've been wearing my frame glasses for the longest time and when I take photos or videos or anything I, I take my glasses off and when I was at the airport I don't have my contact with me and also because I was about to sleep so I had my frame glasses on instead of contact but I also need to do a tension challenge I know it doesn't sound like a lot for a lot of people but it was a lot for me to wear a frame glasses that I was scared of for the longest time and then to appear to, to show myself in front of a camera in public um, without makeup and with glasses, and I think it's just a pretty big moment for me personally. Really, I think it's the smallest things sometimes that are the biggest to overcome. And so I think that those can be like the ultimate like testimonies of bravery, really. It is important for me. And I think mm -hmm. because of, like you said, those small things are so important because it, it is those small things that gave us courage to build up, you know, to, to conquer bigger things. So as exactly. sarcastic as I am, I think it, it is pretty, it's pretty fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun with it too. Like it's, it's kind of cool. It's what I noticed too, like I noticed this the first time I did it. And then like the second time with you doing it, I really felt a sense of empowerment. Like here I am. I'm confident I can handle this and um, I can do it all again tomorrow. That's kind of how I felt after I finished that. Actually, not kind of. That is how I felt after I finished that. And so mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with what you said. It was it was fun. It's kind of fun to like explore a new side of yourself, too, that I feel whether it's consciously or subconsciously, we don't necessarily let through all the time because the things in our mind that we've decided about like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. Like actually challenging that I think brings us to like a new level of con consciousness of like who we are and what we can do. 
So looking forward to 2020 and what that did for my new year and the tone it set was a sense of empowerment and really being able to take things head on. And I think personally for me is I think what I want to do in 2020 and for the next decade decade is to pursue growth at all costs, whether that's the hard conversation, whether that's not caring about what I look like sometimes and not being so self-conscious, um, whether that's taking the leap when it comes to anything. I think that that's um, just something that I found to be really important. And it felt like a time to do that. And so for the new year, like, you know, in America, we have the ball drop and we have the confetti fall on the ground and there's a concert or two like in Las Vegas or New York or Los Angeles and all that stuff. Um, but I think like, you know, usually over the new year's, like I'm a pretty quiet, like celebrator when it comes to that. And so I think putting what, what made this new year's different for me from an American standpoint is that by doing the tension challenge, we put an intention behind our new year, which I think is so awesome. Um, but Amy, you not only get to experience the new year, but in Chinese culture, there's also Chinese new year. And you mentioned you have two, so you, you feel pretty fortunate. (laughs) And if you mess up one, there's always the, um, what we like to joke is the insurance policy, which is the second new year and Chinese new year is actually coming up next week. So I was wondering if you could give us a little introduction. I, I remember when I was younger in elementary school, we had, we were fortunate to have a teacher, um, who, who celebrate, who brought the celebrations of Chinese new year to our school just because she traveled a lot and we wouldn't have had that had she not brought that to the table. And I remember, um, there was a dragon that would come out during that time of year. It was always so much fun. And they would do a little parade through all the hallways and all the kids would line up and we would create lanterns and we'd learn about the Chinese Zodiac calendar. And now in my adult life, like I'm learning more things about Chinese new year, but for people who maybe have not had the fortunate experience that I was able to have when I was younger and who maybe are just learning about Chinese New Year for the first time, what is it and when is it celebrated and what are the traditions and customs that go along with it? And how was it for you when you grew up? So Chinese New Year is followed um, is following the lunar calendar, which is the Chinese calendar that we have here. And it's different every year because the lunar calendar, you know, it rotates differently. Um, so this year, the New Year's Eve is January the 24th, and the first, the New Year's Day is January the 25th. Um, so traditionally, it's it's there are a lot of things to do. I think you're supposed to go to your relative's house. You're supposed to do the fireworks and eat dumplings, and they're all sort of. And at different places, celebrate it differently, and the costume can be different. However, from where I'm from, um, my family was born and raised in Beijing for like two generations, three generations now. And New Year's, it's always the quietest, it's calmest. 
nothing has been going on type of period in my family life. And it was funny because when I see the celebration, I'm like, I've never done that. <laughs> because it's so like, it's just, I don't know, because in when you live in a city, um, during the holidays, people are all gone as like the whole city is like a ghost town. Except the, the sites, um, other places it's so quiet and then places are closing down. So the Chinese New Year has always been a, like a time where we get to chill and spend time with family by just sitting and chilling. And my family is surprisingly small. So we really don't do much. Um, but before, I think it was two years ago or two years ago, we do fireworks every year. You can you can buy fireworks in those fireworks stand and then we would do a lot of fireworks. Um, but it was banned because pollution, duh. But I still, <laughs> I don't know, like I feel for pollution reasons, they could, they could find a better way to control pollution because fireworks only happen once a year. It couldn't result in the pollution that we may have for the rest of the year. It just doesn't make sense. And when New Year doesn't have fireworks, especially when we had before, it just became really sad. Like, totally. It just became part of it. It's just missing. So I don't know. Absolutely. It was like, all right. But I wish there were fireworks because it means a lot. At least we are doing something for the New Year. Um, yeah, so for anyone who's interested in Chinese Zodiac, I'm glad you see people started picking up, picking up on the Chinese Zodiac other than, you know, the the Western Zodiac. But um, one thing, I, I, I kind of have a problem with the Chinese Zodiac because one Zodiac represents the entire year. So the people who were born this entire year is supposed to be, like, the same? I don't know. It just sounds like a very hard criteria because, I don't know, like, eh... It's it's not like you're different by month. It's you're different by years. And I don't think I can see a lot of people at this stage in my life who are drastically different, a couple of years different from me. So I know a lot of people whose Zodiac is rat, whose Zodiac is pig, which is my Zodiac, and Zodiac is dog. And that's I'm about dog. it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, and that's about it. Like, I don't think I know a lot of people who are, like, not these two yet but maybe down the lane I will yeah absolutely as we both know this year is the year of the rat and um so you told me one time when we were talking that the rat is actually the first zodiac on the calendar which I was thinking about that and the rat is the first zodiac and we're starting 2020 with the first zodiac so it's kind of like new and new like double new on top of it all which I thought was kind of cool I don't know if it means anything but I thought that was pretty cool yeah no I mean definitely we we have different meanings for different zodiac and then the fun fact about it is it always good um <laughs> like it always represents something good so no surprise there yeah I think like the new year whether it's American new year or Chinese new year I think one of the things that is always valuable to me is to look back 
and then look ahead. And I think for me, I, Amy and I know we both want to share what we're looking back on as highlights of 2019 and then looking ahead to 2020. And I would say for me, some of my favorite moments of 2019 was all the traveling I did. Um, I made a move. Um, I was engaged and got a puppy and we launched the spark. And um, that's why we're here with all of you today, which is really awesome because 2020 brought, well, 2019 brought that to us. And now here we are in 2020 talking with you. And I think my hopes for 2020, I mentioned one of them before is to pursue growth at all costs in every aspect Mm -hmm. of my life, whether it's my career, my relationships, or even personally, when no one else is around pursuing growth with myself. Um, I think a couple other things that I definitely have hopes for in 2020 is to be 110% totally and completely present in each and every moment. And one of those things that I learned the other day that helps with that, in case any of you have the same goal, is um, compassionate listening and seeing how much you can notice. I think Oftentimes we have goals and hopes for ourselves, but we don't know how to get there. And so I was really thinking about this the other day and talking with someone. And I realized that those are the two ways that I can get there to be completely present. Um, But Amy, why don't you um, tell us your favorite parts and moments of 2019 and then what you're hopeful for in 2020? For sure. Definitely. Um, I had... 2019 was a big year. Um, wasn't yeah. expecting, but I think I was expecting graduation. If I didn't expect that, that would be kind of problematic. <laughs> um, yeah, I graduated from my master degree, got my master degree, launched the Spark, um, landed a job in New York, which was the old job that I had for like two years. Um, but it was it was good, and I. I got what I wanted, but I also, like any greedy human being, I wanted more. And I want to be unapologetically me. Um, So I pursued it, and I kind of got it. Um, Launching Spark was definitely a big part of my life. And having you over to New York City with your fiancé was also the highlight of my entire year. That was the best. You guys came. I know it was the best few days and we really decided to do the spark during that short trip. Yes. Um, And it meant a lot personally. Um, And my mom came over um, right after you guys left and for my graduation. And and for the first time I was able to show her the New York in my eyes and it was great because she hated it and it's okay because I understand it it was crowded it wasn't for you know a lot of ups and downs a lot of climbing a lot of fast walking it's it's okay it's okay if she doesn't like it and it's it's fine I mean I would I would hate it if if she pretends that she likes it you know (laughs) yeah um yeah, and I got to travel with my boyfriend. We went to Thailand. We went to Hong Kong, which which is one of my favorite cities. Um, and hopes for 2020, like I mentioned just now, I want to be unapologetically me, mm-hmm. but also be a little bit more financially responsible, even though I know being unapologetically me means not being financially responsible, but <laughs> I know I will cry in it later. 
Um, so yeah, I want to learn more about personal finance. I want to drink, dream big, but start small. Start with waking up a little bit early, just for the case of recording podcasts or doing something I like. Um, and yeah, watch less beauty guru videos on YouTube because these <laughs> things consume my life. I mean, before I can always use it. Used to excuse like I'm learning English, but now I think I can no longer use that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good time, <laughs> and oh, yeah, and I'll keep working out. Um, and yeah, just oh yeah, and then I was bailed by my therapist twice in the beginning of the year. I know you I'm were telling me be... about that. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, like I must be pretty messed up. No, but it's okay. I'm going to be keep looking for a therapist that's not gonna bail on me. Um, I believe in you. And yeah. side note, I think too, like everyone should have a therapist in their back pocket. Is so it's so valuable. Oh, yeah. Like especially if you're like an external processor like me, like I think that's awesome. And for you, Amy, like I don't think you you told me the story of that and. I don't think that's a reflection of you at all. <laughs> I know. It sounds like someone who doesn't have the time to commit to doing that. I think job. so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the platform didn't pay them well or whatever yeah. to yeah. make them commit their entire time. But I just found it funny. Um, it's almost almost like borderline. It's so inappropriate, but it's borderline funny. Yeah. Oh, I did. totally agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Oh, my goodness. So that was yes. that was my projection to 2020. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. I think all of those things are definitely maybe some of some people have the same hopes for 2020 as well. And we're really excited to be walking into this new year with all of you, whether it's again, New Year or Chinese New Year. Um, either one, we're here. And so, um, yeah, we're really excited for this year ahead with all of you. And we hope that in the new year, um, you will um, keep following along with us. We're really happy to be here and we're really happy that you're here. Yeah. Too. So thank you so much for, for sure. an awesome thank you. 2019. And Here's to 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with a friend who you think might like it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast, Facebook at the spark, Twitter at this is the spark, WeChat at the spark podcast, and YouTube at the spark podcast. See you there.